Thanks be to God and thanks be to Madrid and to Sage for sharing your story and to all of you here today. I have a little story to share with you before I begin my sermon. You might have noticed, if you've been here before, that I look a little bit different today because my hair is bright neon pink. <laughs> um, and the reason that it is, is that we had a church auction last month. We had an online auction where everybody contributed some different things that they could do. It was so beautiful to see all of the skills and gifts and talents that we have in this community. Some people made cherry jam and some people were making furniture and some people were doing makeup lessons and some people were doing, I'll help you get your financial life right. Um, and I decided to go full youth pastor and say, you get to choose what color my hair is. And several of my friends from college went in together, outbid everyone, and gave it to my daughter as a present. <laughs> and when she heard, she said, pink! And so now my hair is pink. And I love that, and I love this church, and I want that to serve as a reminder to you that if you haven't gotten your auction item yet or given your auction item yet, Follow up, because all of us can be, make our lives better by going through with the auction, which raised, by the way, $10,000 for our wonderful ministries. Um, so now that we've had our little moment of hair splination, uh, I would ask you to please pray with me for our sermon. God, you are with us always, in all things, in all moments, in all times, in all places, but we don't always know it or feel like it. We are not always filled with your confidence and your boldness. Your Holy Spirit is with us, but we turn away from it or forget it is there or assume that it could never be ours. Help us, O oh God, in whatever it is that is ailing us in life, whatever hurts us, confuses us, pains us, to see your presence and your gifts and your love and your joy and to be transformed by them. Help us to live with boldness at all times and especially during this worship, God, as we praise you and try to get to know you better. If the words of my mouth or the meditations of my heart or those of any who teach and lead us here today, help them to be of you and if they should be far from you, help us to know it and to turn around in one of Jesus's infinite second chances and find you again at the center and the heart of all things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. So as we begin to reflect on this Acts passage today, and as our scripture reader Madrid said, just read the book of Acts, guys. Read it over and over and over again, and especially chapter four, and especially <laughs> chapter two, and especially all of the chapters. Um, everything that happens in it is fascinating and great, but I wanna meditate on this piece of the scripture where Peter and John have come from being imprisoned for proclaiming what they have found in Jesus, for offering their faith, and they've come back to their community, to their church community, to share what happened, and they pray for boldness. I want us to begin by actually reflecting on us, on, on what we have prayed for lately. So I'm gonna ask you if you're comfortable to close your eyes, or if you don't want to, to kind of enter a state of reflection. And think about what is the last thing that you prayed for? What is the most recent prayer you made? Or if you can't remember exactly, in the last week, what is a prayer you remember making? Now, you can open your eyes and... Um, I, I, 
I sort of cheated, right, because it's very easy for me to remember my most recent prayer. It's the one that we just did right before the sermon. Uh, some of you may have a, had a harder time, but some of you might remember. Is there anyone who feels comfortable sharing what's the most recent thing you prayed for? What's the thing you prayed for? To, yeah, to do well in college this coming semester, for school to go well. Any other students out here praying for school to go okay? Hallelujah. Also teachers, also administrators, also janitors and people who work in cafeterias. We are praying for you all as the school year begins. Other things you have prayed for recently? Blessing of? Blessing over food. Absolutely. Blessing over food for thankfulness as we're about to eat it. Oh, for the Amazon, yes, absolutely. For the Amazon rainforest as it's on fire, that it would be preserved and saved. What are some other things we've prayed for recently? To forgive those who have done wrong to you. One of the hardest and most Christian prayers, right? To, to find forgiveness and to find what a just forgiveness looks like in a situation. Yeah, this prayer sound familiar to anyone that a work situation would not spiral out of control. This might be a daily prayer for many of us at our jobs. For sleep, as Shannon holds her month and a half old baby, we will join you in your prayer for sleep. Absolutely. Prayers for sleep. Prayers for peace. Um, This is one thing I think we... When we pass the peace with one another, when you guys just shook hands, uh, we always think about the part of that that is friendship, because that is something that Jesus really offered, right? Bonding with one another, relating with one another. But it was also a literal prayer for peace, that one of the most important prayers that Jesus taught us to make was to pray for peace in every aspect of our lives. Not a peace that is absence of conflict, but a peace that is presence of God presence of mercy and of justice and of love, that we are promised that we can be of peace in any situation. All right, any other prayers people want to share? Yeah. Praying to trust God on the journey you're being sent on. To trust, absolutely. Praying for patience, another one that I think probably all of us could use at one point or another. These are all, oh, yeah, we had one more. Tim. I just wanted to uh, say that the last prayer I prayed was for the successful UBC-style launch of the River Forest Society. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Tim, you're doing my segues for me. Um, (laughs) Love it. So we have prayed for so many things, and these are good prayers. You have all prayed beautiful prayers. I have prayed beautiful prayers, right? We have prayed for things that we need, prayed for things to go better, prayed for the world to be at peace, prayed for um, mercy and forgiveness and kindness and that we don't fly off the handle. These are good prayers that we can and should and do pray every day for ourselves and for one another. But I was thinking about the prayers that I have prayed as I read this passage because I realized that almost never in my life, or very rarely, have I prayed the prayer that Peter and John end up praying, which is a prayer for boldness, a prayer to take risks. That's not a prayer that I really pray every day uh, or even every month or even every year. Most of us pray for the things that are directly in front of us, right? We pray for the people we know who are sick to be healed. We pray for the situations we know that are hard to get better. And few of us, I think, 
have thought to pray, God, make me braver than I knew I could be. God, make me bolder than I thought was possible. God, make me take risks that I don't want to take. It's a rare prayer and an interesting one, one that is sort of fascinating to me, um, and one that in the scriptures, it says, was immediately answered, that when they prayed together for the Holy Spirit to give them boldness to face a challenging situation, they got it. <laughs> they were filled with confidence. They were filled with boldness that only the Holy Spirit can give. And they went forward and at risk of prison and at risk of death, kept on proclaiming what had changed their lives. That the resurrection is real, that Jesus loves us, that there is hope for the world, and that there is action to be taken. And um, it, it made me wonder, why don't I pray to be bold? <laughs> very often. One is that I think um, life feels like so much. Life feels like so much to me and I think to many of us that it doesn't occur to me to hope for much beyond fixing the problems that I have, right? What I want is to get rid of what's hard. <laughs> I, I, my uh, vision of what can be is that the things that are difficult cease. It doesn't occur to me pr to pray actively for the presence of good and great stuff, that things could be extraordinary, that things could be wonderful. The other one is, for me, maybe not for you guys, you guys are probably better Christians than I am, um, I'm scared of what might be required of me if I pray to be bold and take risks. I'm scared of what taking risks might look like. I'm scared of what taking risks might mean for me and might do to me. Um, because this is not the last time that Peter goes to prison. It's not the last time that someone is persecuted or hurt uh, for following Jesus where Jesus leads them. And sometimes when you're bold, when you take a risk, the risk doesn't work out. <laughs> risks aren't called risks because they always lead somewhere beautiful and fun. They're called risks because there's a chance that what you don't want to happen does. So what would it mean now and here for us to pray for boldness? I think about what they did and what they were doing. And, and Madrid is right. If you read the whole book of Acts, right? The Holy Spirit is doing all kinds of magnificent things. The, the book of Acts is a place that is the beginning of the church. It's where people are being real weird. There's all kinds of funky stuff in this book. Our next sermon series in September is going to be called Stranger Things. We're going to be talking about some of the weirder stories of the Bible. That time, Jesus took a coin out of a fish's mouth. What was that about, guys? Um, and Acts is full of those stories, right? Just like strange things. And it's full of strangeness because it's full of wonders and signs, because it's full of Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is kind of an odd duck, right? We use the dove to represent the Holy Spirit, but really the Holy Spirit could be a clown or a trickster or anything kind of uh, offbeat, a little bit on the edge. And I want to bring back the beginning of the scripture and look at it for a second. Um, and, and think about what they're doing here to give themselves this courage and boldness. 
Because at first, I just felt sort of like, man, Peter's a better Christian than I am, praying for boldness. I guess he can go off and do that, right? And then I realized you don't, you don't pray for boldness unless you're afraid. You know, it's not that Peter was this magical person who always knew the right way to go, who always knew the right thing to do, who always felt confident and strong. You don't pray for confidence unless you don't have it yet. You don't pray for boldness unless you don't have it yet. You don't pray to be risk-taking unless risks scare the hell out of you. And so Peter is like me, right? And that he is afraid, things do seem hard, life does seem like a lot. And still he begins to talk with his community. Um, Acts is often called, if you've never read the whole thing through, one thing I would commend to you, um, if you've never read the Bible before, or if you've read it a ton, but mostly in verses and chunks that people told you were easy to read and meant exactly one thing for your life, is try and read it in bigger chunks. Because usually the longer a chunk you read, the more mystery will come to you. The Lord agrees with me. Um, (laughs) Uh, Mysteries and wonders. Um, The longer a chunk you read, the more mystery and complexity will come to you, right? The more you'll see the spirit doing funky, weird, amazing stuff. Um, And if we read a, a bigger chunk of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit doing lots of things. The Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost and allowing people to speak to one another in ways they had never spoken to one another before. The Holy Spirit coming to the early church and allowing them to share resources with one another. Um, to invest in sharing in a way that we continue to find to be a real struggle as human beings on this earth, uh, living in inequality. And when they're feeling scared, when they're feeling at risk, when they're feeling like things are difficult, they first get together, right? Get in a room with other people who they love and who love them and are there for them, with whom they are sharing life. And then... They start to think about who God has been, right? When we're scared of what the future holds, they start to think about who God has been. I don't know what comes next, but what has come before? Well, what came first? God who created the heaven and the earth. They're a little bit doing something that I think is really useful when you're scared or feeling not confident or feeling not bold, which is putting things in perspective, right? Is this the worst thing that has ever happened in the world, or is it even the worst thing that has ever happened to me? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the world is genuinely awful, and that requires a different kind of entering into grief and change and transition and loss with one another. But sometimes the answer is, no, I've, I've gotten through worse. I've gotten through harder. This is a big world and a big heaven, and this, will, this too shall pass. This will only be one portion of my life. God who created the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. God is big. God is more than just what is happening right now. God has seen more time. God has made more world than whatever is happening right now. So they reach back all the way to the beginning of the universe when they're feeling scared and unconfident and start to root themselves in. If God made the stars, maybe God can be with me through this. 
right? <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning. And then they, they move forward a little bit in history from the beginning of the world to David. <laughs> it is you who said by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, why did the, sometimes it's translated people, sometimes it's translated Gentiles. This is a quote from Psalm 2, the second Psalm that opens the book of Psalms, a book of prayers for difficult and terrible times. That's basically what the Psalms are. Uh, a book of songs to sing when things are great and songs to sing when things have never been worse than they've been right now. That's what Psalms is. This is the opening to Psalms. Why do people rage and imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers have gathered together against the Lord and his Messiah. And the, the end that you're supposed to fill in on your own, because Peter is assuming an audience that is familiar with this Psalm and you might not be and that's okay, right? And the end is, and they didn't win, right? <laughs> the, the powers and the principalities have arrayed themselves against God before and they didn't win. The kings of the earth have tried to take on God's justice and mercy before, and they didn't win. And so Peter and John and the people root themselves in the identity of God, God who made everything, so things are bigger than my fear, things are bigger than what is happening to me right now. And then in their historical experience of God, God has saved my people, right? God has been there when my people were going through the worst they could go through, and we found freedom and liberation. God is the same God, right, who we were enslaved in Egypt and thought we would never be free, and then we were. God is the same God who Joseph was in prison and thought he would never get out and thought he would die, and then he was released. God is the same God who did this for others. God might be the same God who does this for me. They tell themselves a story of the past that is a story of when there has been hopefulness, of when things have changed beyond what they thought could happen, and that helps them to approach the future with less fear. It gives them space, it gives them time, it gives them the ability to say, maybe I can pray to be bold. Maybe I can pray for things to be extraordinary because God has done amazing things before and God is bigger than I ever thought God could be. They root themselves. And it's not always gonna work because sometimes, right, this is part of why if Acts isn't doing it for you, read the book of Lamentations or read the book of Genesis. The Bible's a big Bible that's supposed to cover a lot of human experience. Sometimes you're not in a place where you can just pray for boldness or risk. You just have to sit in the challenge. But sometimes you are. And I would suggest that this, right, thinking about where in the past has God been there for me? Where in the past have things that I thought could never be fixed, gotten better. In my life, in the life of my community, and in the life of the world is a place to root yourself and allow yourself to ask for more than you thought you could ask for. And I wanna give a little example because part of it is when we talk about these grand schemes, they often don't feel like our life, right? Very few of us are, um, feel like we're living in world historical terms that will be written for the ages that people thousands of years after us will read. We don't feel like the superhero, we feel like the normal person, um, which is how everyone has ever felt, including the superheroes. How do we do this in our life? And I wanna talk about how we're doing it here at church, at Urban Village. 
Um, we are about to take a risk to do something bold. We're about to change the way that we work a little bit. We're changing how we staff. We're changing um, how we share resources across all of our sites, including, as Tim said, our fifth site, River Forest, which is going to be starting urban village-style worships once a month on October 6th. They just had their first planting meeting, so get excited about that. Um, we're about to do something bold. And on the scale of bold things that have ever been done, right, it's probably not the riskiest. But it feels risky to us, because this is our place. And this is what we've been doing. And we're going to have to change. And change is really hard. And, and in the time that we've been thinking about, how are we going to make this change? To where we'll have pastors who rotate a little bit more. You'll still have a site pastor um, who serves you, but they're going to rotate between sites with a teaching pastor and an executive pastor who serve all of our sites across the metro area. As we move into this change, what I have basically done is thought about, okay, well, how have we handled change before? How was God there for us in other changes we've gone through? And I think about the fact that I have not always been your pastor. I haven't always been the pastor here at Wicker Park. The planting pastor here was Trey Hall, and his husband got a job in England, and his husband is from England, and he felt like he needed to serve his family, and it's really hard to commute to church from another country. And so, right, he loved Urban Village, and you loved him, and he had to go. And so you called me, and I came. And I was really nervous at the beginning of that, and I know that even though you didn't tell me, many of you who were here were very nervous at the beginning of that, um, that it wasn't going to work out, that it was going to be horrible, that things were going to fall apart. And yet, the Holy Spirit met us, and not only did it work out, and we have continued to live and continue to exist, I think we found new things in the change that we never would have found otherwise. I had some people say to me, um, you know, I didn't want that change, but it took the change for me to know, was I in this for Jesus or was I in this for a particular person or set of people? And it turned out the answer was Jesus and that felt a lot better, right? <laughs> um, it took the change for me to realize, am I willing to make a sacrifice to keep this mission that I think is so important that I think is changing the world going or am I not? It took the change for me to realize how many people were there for me and how many people were in it to keep this thing going even when something we didn't expect happened. And when I hear that story of the past, I think, oh man, I'm so excited <laughs> about what this bold move in the future is going to bring us. I think back to the very beginning of Urban Village when Trey and Chris, who is our now River Forest pastor and pastor of New Emerging Ministries, first started Urban Village. And literally, I mean, very, very few people thought this thing was going to work. Do you know what their elevator speech was when they first started Urban Village nine years ago? If they had to say it in 30 seconds, they would say, what if you went to a church where we really, really loved Jesus and we really, really loved gay people? <laughs> right? They just put it like that. And and a lot of people thought that there weren't going to be a lot of people on board with that vision. Or not enough people who hadn't been so burned by the church that they weren't going to be willing to give it another try, right? To see what an inclusive church might look like, to see what a different vision of church might look like. And it turned out, actually, there were a lot of people who found the capacity to be brave and to be bold and to take that risk. And they have built this community that I see changing the world every single day. 
And not only were they bold enough to start this thing, a multi-site church. Guys, anytime we try and figure out how to do something organizationally, we end up having to make it up because there is not another church like us in the United States. <laughs> there is not another multi-site, urban, inclusive, financially independent church. Nobody else does it. <laughs> we have had to make everything up, and every time it has worked, right? And so we're making up new stuff. And at the beginning, we were bold enough to do one thing, but then the thing I'm proudest of about Urban Village is that we were bold enough to question whether we were doing things right. When the vision team came to Chris and Trey and said, we talk about being anti-racist, we talk about the fact that racial diversity and racial justice matter to us, but very rarely do we follow through on that language, right? We're not seeing it. The church had the boldness and the braveness to take that critique in <laughs> and start acting differently to do an audit of ourselves, to ask really hard questions about where we were messing up, to answer those questions with a lot of places and let's stay in it and improve, right? Instead of just tearing the thing apart. When I look at the past of Urban Village, I have said this to folks, there is no other possibility except that the mission of this church is critical to the Holy Spirit for how much we have done and gone through and gotten better at over the course of nine years. Many things have happened to this church that would have killed most baby churches, except that what God is doing here, separate from me, separate from you, separate from any human being, I believe is so important to the future of what the church will be and the message that Jesus wants to send the world right now and the message that the Holy Spirit needs us to hear that we continue to not only survive, but thrive and have joy. It's been fun. <laughs> it hasn't been hard. It hasn't been a slog. It's been fun. Yes. And that may seem like a small story. It's a small story of one 400-person church in the city of Chicago, right, if we add us all up together. But to me, it's the story that Jesus has always been telling and will always tell for us when we decide to pray for boldness, that the Holy Spirit can do more, has done more, is doing more than we can imagine with our minds and lives that sometimes make us feel that there is no hope. And that, yes, it feels like too much to pray with boldness that the Amazon rainforest would be saved and preserved and that there would be an end to the cruelty to God's world that is happening there. And yet I'm going to choose to pray for it because God has done bigger and more amazing things in the past to save this world and to make this creation, right? It feels sometimes like too much to ask that this would be a country in which we experience reparations, racial justice, and a world where after slavery, Jim Crow, and the continued systemic racism of today, there is a world of actual equality of rights and place. It sometimes feels like too much, but God has delivered in the past. God is a God who has liberated people from slavery, who has liberated people from oppression and injustice, and I believe that God will do it again, and so I can pray for boldness. Sometimes it honestly feels like too much to ask for God's boldness in the midst of my anxiety and my depression and just my personal struggle and how hard the world seems. And yet I remember that Elijah could not move and God told him to have a snack and get some sleep and that God would be there in the morning. And God was. And I can pray with boldness that I experience the same 
flourishing of life, healing in what healing can mean to God, if not what I wish it would be in every minute of my life. And so we remember how big God is. We remember how good God is. We remember how bold people have been and how extraordinary things have happened. And we can pray right now for boldness in the future. The boldness to live with mercy, the boldness to live with justice, the boldness to go through change and know that it will be scary and know that we won't like all of it and know that on the other side, we might find parts of God we never knew before, encouraging us to take even greater risks with even greater confidence. And so that's what I'll pray for for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen.